All right. Are we ready to roll, Josh Helmer, in hour number two? You tell me. I'm ready to roll in hour number two. Now, did I screw up the top of the hour? Did something weird happen there, or was, that, was I dreaming? Oh, no, it was totally my fault. Oh, okay. You're good. I'm like, I feel like I'm losing my mind here today. <laughs> no, I, you're I, good. I, Sorry. No, no, no. But let me explain. It goes just beyond, you know, missing a break or something. I, I went out and sat in my car and l- literally could not get it started until – and I hit it like three times. Like, what's going on here? And I'm like, I don't have my key. I mean, because it's a push start. So there was strike number one. I left the house without equipment. So that was strike two. And like I said, when I got here, the first person I saw was Amanda. And I'm like, is it the right – is it Thursday? You know what I blame, Josh? Flying. This is all the the fault of flying. Here's our latest portal additions. You let me know if we've missed anyone. As far as our account is concerned – Ten Sooners have been added through the portal. They include tight end Austin Stogner, um, linebacker, defensive end Deshaun McCullough out of Indiana, Luke Elzinga, the kicker punter out of Central Michigan, uh, Trace Ford out of Oklahoma State, defensive lineman, Reggie Pearson, DB, and I think Josh, he's projected as a safety, right? A little bit more as a safety than a cornerback. Yeah, that's that's the expectation, yes. Okay. Um, Jacob Lacey on the interior of the defensive line for Oklahoma out of Notre Dame. Caleb Schaefer, offensive lineman out of Miami of Ohio. Rondell Bothroyd, edge rusher from Wake Forest. Devon Sears out of Texas State. And Andrell Anthony, the wide receiver out of Michigan. You know who's not in the portal? Gary Cavins. What's up, Gary? How are you? Darn it. I wanted to be in the portal. You can be in the portal if you want. Just where else would you go? Well, you know what? You know what? You could portal uh, more cities for Cavens. That's you, a great idea. You've already added Tulsa, yes. um, Dallas, Kansas. Well, mm-hmm. Kansas isn't a city; it's a state. But you're growing, man. How's it? How's it been? How's this week been for you? It's been great. It's been a good week. Uh, we've uh, been working really hard, and we've been doing a lot of mold jobs and. Um, you know, there's just a lot of need, uh, a lot of properties that weren't structurally dried that people just kind of ignored that. And now they have mold growth growing on their walls and their ceilings. And, um, you know, that's something just don't ignore it because it's bad for your health. And if you do have mold growth, give us a call. We can help investigate what caused the mold growth, get that repaired for you. And then we can also um, get in there and um, get the mold removed and, and treated so that it's doesn't become a health issue for your employees or your family at home. Yeah, I just, I can't say it enough. And I know I have, for me personally, we opened up a, a closet. And in fact, I might have to call you. <laughs> we opened up a closet and we, we're we on a well. And so with a well, there's a lot of crazy connectors. And we had to move some things. And when we did, we're like, that looks like mold. We can't sit around and wait, right? Because if you do, it's, it's not just property damage, but Gary, we're talking about health hazards for your family, too. It is, too. And it's not just short-term health hazards. It's a long-term health hazard when it comes to mold. And mold is, you know, it's one of those things where it just needs food, which is any kind of organic surface. It needs humidity, which helps it grow. And, um, you know, and, it, and it'll just grow everywhere. And it will. it's kind of like a tree. You just see a little, you see, you know, the tree on top, but the root system underneath, it's just gigantic. 
and so it just continues to grow and it's a it's a it's a definitely a health issue for your family and for your employees so if you do have you know water staining on your walls and um, concerns of areas you know a lot of times you'll see mold under kitchen sinks or um, uh, break room sinks and you can see it also on baseboards around the walls where water intrusions come in from the outside from the building envelope failing um, you can see it up top on the ceiling from roofs failing you can see it hot water closets from hot water heaters spring and leaks and just the moisture in there um, and you can also see it where HVAC uh, C units in the in the attics have uh, overflowed and caused water staining on the the ceiling and molds growed grow up grow on that ceiling so there's several places and several things that can cause mold and uh, but it's one of those things where you definitely want to make sure and take care of it um, when you find it, it, it and, and maybe I, I know it would be good just to let people know how many mold jobs you work because I think sometimes Gary people and I'm, I'm in this group so I'll say me don't realize how big of a problem it is you know it can it is a major issue especially whenever you have a lot of the pipe breaking and the water issues that we we saw over the uh, gosh right before Christmas. That's right. Well, to put it in context, currently as of right this second today, we have um, nine mold jobs actively going. They're all commercial. Um, wow. You know, and we do we do a lot of testing, a lot of investigations, and a lot of remediation uh, throughout Tulsa and and Oklahoma City and in Kansas. Um, that's one of the th environmentals. One of the things we don't do in Texas. Texas is only our roofing and um, some commercial maintenance. And then in Kansas, we do environmental. We do roofing um, and commercial maintenance. And then in Oklahoma, we do everything. Uh, but you know, mold is is it's everywhere outside, but it does come inside the business or your home and grow. And it's just one of those things where you do really want it taken care of by a professional. Um, it, it, depending on what type of mold it is and stuff, you can release the, sp the spores into your home. Then you're really breathing them and getting them into your lungs, and you're going to have long-term effects for that. Mo you know, there's the thing where we'll, we'll just spray it down with bleach. We'll just get some right. bleach and clean it. Well, what bleach does is it just bleaches it. It just makes it disappear. It doesn't mean that you're actually getting rid of the mold. Uh, you're not getting rid of the mold on the backside of the wall when you spray it down with bleach. Um you know, and there's a lot of things that, you know, there's a lot of training, a lot of schooling that we go through to to do this and make sure it's make sure it's correct. You know, and um, people don't take it seriously as they should. And, you know, we're but when they do and there are problems and people want to protect their employees and protect their uh, tenants or protect their family. Uh, give us a call. We're happy to help. And we have a very thorough process that we go through. Um, and we document everything. We have third-party laboratories we work with and all kinds of different things. All right, uh, before we let you go, beyond just that 24-7, 365, you're always here, roofing and everything else. Yeah, you know, and we've got, you know, we've got freezing temperatures coming in tonight. That's so right. if you have busted pipes, you know, I've got a basket over there just full of uh, – busted pipes that have happened and you know if you have any kind of water intrusion busted pipes or anything like that you know this evening or in the future give us a call we have a top-notch water extraction multiple teams multiple trucks um, we have the most equipment in the Oklahoma City area uh, probably in the Oklahoma area for structural drying um, we have really good top-notch equipment we have top-notch trained guys and uh, we have top-notch trucks and we've actually just purchased a new truck that we brought in this week we have a brand new truck that's out back 
fact that we are working on getting retrofitted for structural drying too. You're the man. Thanks, Gary. Appreciate it, buddy. Thank you so much. It's Gary Cavins, 405-573-3048 here at Cavins Construction. All right, a lot of stuff going on, Josh. We've talked about the Zach Selman uh, rumors slash news, the people in um, – why did I just forget where Mississippi State was? Starkville. Uh, the people in Starkville feel pretty confident that Zach Selman's going to be their next athletic director. We'll see how that ends up. We've been obviously talking a lot about women's basketball with the big win they had in taking care of business on the road over Texas Tech last night. Huge Saturday, doubleheader. You get four tickets for $40 to both games. That's incredible. For OU West Virginia at 11 a.m. and then OU Kansas at 2 p.m. We haven't really touched on the rest of the Big 12 slate. On the men's side, we'll do that. A little NFL talk, but Josh here at 1012 on the home of Sooner fans, there's another NFL story that may have a massive kind of college tint to it, and maybe even more so than we even realize right now. According to reports, well, it's no longer according to reports, it's official. The new president of the Chicago Bears is Big Ten CEO Kevin Warren. Now, for if this would have happened after the 2020 season, you'd probably be, oh, yeah, this makes sense. Couldn't stand the guy. Uh, he, he tried to shut down the season, so uh, everyone hated him anyway. But he probably did. I don't know. Is it fair to say, Josh, for Kevin Warren from where he was whenever they shut down the season in 2020 to where he ended up after the media deal today, he probably has one of the greatest 180s that we've seen, dare I say, in, in sports period, from being the true heel, being the bad guy, being someone who didn't know what he was doing and wasn't qualified to run a league, to suddenly putting together one of the most high-profile and most lucrative TV deals, which is also as creative as, as you can imagine. I mean, it's one heck of a 180. Yeah, just the poaching of USC – and UCLA, and then inking, add that too. Inking the TV deal, I think, is uh, has yes, totally reshaped the narrative around Kevin Warren. That that the whole COVID situation and the cancellation at the oh. beginning of the season, honestly, is is kind of has kind Forgot. of been forgotten in a lot of ways. Right. I would say he he joined the Big Ten as their commissioner in 2019. So so football season wise. He had 19, 20, 21, 22. Probably one of the more wild, I guess you could say, tenures as a conference commissioner. And some of it's, you know, listen, I don't know if anyone felt what was the right way to handle things during COVID, okay? It's just, I know we all look back now and we all have our theories and that's fine. You do you. But at that moment, you know, if it wasn't for Bob Bowlesby, there might not have been any of the Power Fives playing college football for a while in 2020. So, I, I, again, were they a little bit too invested, Josh, in what the Pac-12 was doing? Probably. But from that moment on with Kevin Warren, I mean, I, you got to remember, I do a Saturday show with Bobby Carpenter. Bobby lives in Columbus, former Dallas Cowboy linebacker, played with the Buckeyes. And – I vividly remember those Saturday mornings where, and, and Bobby felt this way for a long time, 
It's like, I don't think this guy is fit to be a conference commissioner. And think about Kevin Warren's background whenever he was hired by the Big Ten, Josh. He was the COO of the Vikings. He was the executive vice president of legal affairs for both the Vikings and I think had the same role with the, with the Lions. He was the VP of football administration with the Rams. This was really his first college job. So it would make sense that when a, a team presidency came open, they would want to talk to Kevin Warren. I just always hear, hey, conference commissioners, that's one of like five jobs. That's one of five, right? And maybe even if you want to fight over the Big 12 a little bit, one of four, I don't care. I'm not here. Or the Pac-12, one of three. This is – there's not many jobs out there like Big Ten commissioner, right? You're, you're number two in the football conference rankings, and you're number one in value that you've created with your TV deal. So I ask you, Josh Helmer – you cover the Big Ten extensively for HawkeyesWire.com. Are you surprised by this news of Kevin Warren turning his back on the Big Ten and saying hello to the Chicago Bears? Well, not really because we had seen this floated out about a month ago that this was a possibility for Kevin Warren to the, the, the Bears. A month ago I was pretty surprised. Felt like it was pretty out of left field because, again, you talk about the career arc here and – Kevin Warren, if he was very, very unpopular for a minute in both some Big Ten circles and then national college sports circles, just bringing USC and UCLA on board alone and inking that television deal for the Big Ten totally changed any of that narrative. And you said something that, honestly, I hadn't really thought about until this morning. You said maybe he and the Big Ten were too caught up in the Pac-12's thinking, right? in that moment right. of should we play should we play this season, should we push it back? I mean, was Kevin Warren just playing three D chess while everybody else was playing checkers and trying to trying to align himself with USC and UCLA before anybody had any idea of it? Was he making decisions back then that was setting it up for USC and UCLA to say, you know what? Yeah, this is this is the right fit for us. Maybe so. Maybe so. I hadn't really thought of it that way. Maybe they had. Maybe they had reached that point where he kind of knew. And and I'll from everything that I've garnered, nobody in California wanted to play football that year. Nobody. I'm not sure if some of the people in Norman wanted to play football that year. Now, (laughs) I just what names are you referring to? (laughs) Pretty sure Lincoln Riley didn't want to play that year. I'm pretty sure he was an adamant, outspoken person whenever he came to COVID. Uh, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. It's just there was – I mean, the Pac-12, the Ivy League shut down their freaking season, for goodness sakes. A lot of independents didn't play. Um, but I, I like that, Josh. He was using strategery before strategery was a thing when it comes to trying to buddy up with USC and UCLA. Now – But, hey, what – oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say – I do think this is – you might be asking, okay, well, why the heck do we care about the Big Ten commissioner? And that's that's a reasonable question to ask. And I think the interesting thing here is, okay, so you've got Kevin Warren who went and got USC and UCLA and formed this mega conference like the SEC, and there's been all this smoke and talk about, okay, well, what's the next domino to fall? And then it kind of quieted down, right? Kevin Warren, the Big Ten, said, we're okay, unless something's additive, unless there's Notre Dame on the table. Without publicly saying that, Plank, they've kind of publicly said that, right? Well, the next Big Ten commissioner, 
might not have the same thought process as a Kevin Warren and might be telling the other decision makers in those rooms, no, we should go get an Oregon or a Washington, or we should go consider this school or that school. So this opens the door up to some more musical chairs in college athletics. Maybe. Okay. Let me, let me noodle that. Take a timeout. In all of that, okay, breaking news. Big Ten's getting a new commissioner. There's the angle of uh, who's next. And, of course, I mean, some people have already brought up Eric Shanks, the COO of Fox, Fox Sports. Interesting name, Purdue guy. Many have thought about some sitting ADs, maybe in the Big Ten that might be candidates. But is that next candidate that's coming in, is it with the knowledge that, boys, we're getting to 20? All right? We're, we're, we're done messing around with 14 or what they're going to be 16. We're getting to 20. We want to make more money, and we know we can. Let's get it. Could this be a move that, while very, very, very low on our radar today, Josh, ends up shooting kind of a little bit more of, a, of an upward trajectory because the Big Ten decides to reopen that door for expansion? Talk about it next. Live from Cavens on the ref. All right, I'm not going to get off topic here. We're talking about Kevin Warren ending up as the new president of the Bears, which opens up one of, at least in some people's eyes in college sports, you know, one of the best jobs out there. You're the commissioner of, you know, depending on kind of how you view it, either the, the best or the second best conference in all of college athletics. It's a, it's a great gig. I thought there was a great point off the Air Comfort Solutions text line from Scott T, who writes, when spots like this come open, it always scares me. Joe C wouldn't leave, would he? I don't know. I I, I would hope not. I would think with the, with the Zach Selman news of the uh, interest in Zach by Mississippi State to be their AD and the feeling and – Stark Vegas said Zach Selman's going to be their next athletic director, right? That would be a, a decent indication that Josie's not going anywhere for a while, at least in my world. But, I mean, it's a good job. The commissioner of a league got a lot of connections in that league. I would hope not. I'll tell you a name, Josh, that would be a slam dunk for the Big Ten. I just don't know if he would want to do it. Okay. That's Kevin Weiberg. Kevin Weiberg. Uh, the second commissioner of the Big 12. I'm sure that there's someone out there who – every single person that I like, there's always someone that's like, oh, I can't stand that guy. I'm like, what? why? The guy said he doesn't know what he's doing. But Kevin Weiber created the Big 10 network, essentially. Uh, tried to create it in the Big 12, according to some reports, and was, was shot down and has been in a consultant's role across college football for a while, college sports. I believe whenever I was looking him up, he's with College Sports Solutions now. I I don't know. I mean, he's – if he wants – I don't know what his background is. I don't know if there is uh, something that is concerning in his resume or whatever. But, I mean, he he's worked with the Big Ten – He's worked with the Pac-12. He's worked with the Big 12. Um, 
he helped add Utah and Colorado to the Pac-12? I don't know. I just It seems like a guy that has a wealth of experience and would be really good in that role, but it also seems as if, you know, things – he kind of hops a little bit, right? I mean, you – in, he was the second commissioner of the Big 12 in, in, in 98. Uh, then he, and, and these are jobs, like commissioner's jobs in my world, that you have, you know, until you're ready to retire. You very rarely hear outside of Larry Scott. And who was our boy in the Big 12? That was a disaster. That they, his burner account was more popular than him. Uh, the guy, I think it was Dan the guy Beebe. that replaced Weiberg. Yeah, exactly, Dan Beebe. Um, but you know, you you're in a spot in unless you get canned. As long as you pretty much want, you got to really screw it up. But Weiberg, '98, Big Twelve Commissioner, 2007, the Big Ten Network, 2009, um, he was offered the opportunity to join the NCAA and NBA Youth Initiative. Uh, he was there for a little bit but then went back to the Pac-12 in the summer of 2014 where oh, – I'm sorry, it was prior to the summer of uh, 2014. It was like 2010. 2010. So, I mean, that's from 98 to 2010. Yeah, that's uh, like, like 12 or 13 years. You know, you're, you're, you're looking at four different jobs and four – Josh, four jobs that are like lifetime jobs that you had in all of them. I don't know, maybe – but that was a name that kind of popped up to me more than, say, worrying about a Joe C. But I, I do agree. I, I do agree with with Scott T. I do get a little nervous, right? Because the perception of it is it's a big-time gig. Yeah, just don't know what the thought process is there because obviously Oklahoma is in this massive upcoming transition. Sure. And – it's not been finalized in terms of when the, the date is happening, at least not publicly for any of us, whether it's stick around until the end of the grant of rights for Oklahoma and Texas and go to the SEC, or if there's still plenty of bartering and negotiating going on as we speak. So I would think that Joe Castiglione is probably pretty committed to seeing that through before he jumps, but I don't know what makes him tick and if – the opportunity to be the Big Ten commissioner would be attractive enough to say, you know what, I've had an amazing run at the University of Oklahoma. That's something that I haven't done in my career that I'd like to do. I mean, it would be easy to understand why it would be attractive. Sure. Um, All right. Let's put a wrap on this conversation by talking about what this means now for the Big Ten going forward. I feel like, you know, as the Homa Sooner fans, we do have to keep that broad vision, right? Oklahoma, eventually, if it's not next season uh, or 2024 or 2025, is off to the SEC, right? So we, we view the SEC as the elite. Big Ten's right there knocking on that door. Their TV contract is a little bit more lucrative right now, for now. But, I mean, Josh, does this mean – does this mean more of a push towards expansion? Does it mean less? Does it matter who gets in there? You know, are they are they looking to elect a guy as their commissioner, hire a guy in the Big Ten that wants to be additive? Are they looking to get away from it? I think that's that's the fascinating side to this. What does this move mean for the future of the Pac-12 and maybe even the Big 12? Because... I'm here to tell you right now, if they get to that point, where, and maybe even the ACC in that too, 
and maybe even in the desire of a Notre Dame to go there. I mean, if they look to add four and Notre Dame's not coming, well, I, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at all if a Kansas with getting things right in, in basket football might be considered in their in their footprint. I mean, I, I just I, I wonder what this move means now for the future of college football expansion. Is it mean they become additive, or do we st- stay where we are? It's a great question, and until we know who the next Big Ten commission is, probably it's it's all speculative, right? And it could mean the opposite. It could mean that it's a grinding halt to any sort of expansion in college athletics because now you've got somebody in Kevin Warren who went and had everybody convinced, right, that the Big Ten was happy where it was at and uh, was working in this alliance with both the Pac-12 and the ACC. And what did he do? He went and backstabbed them in the dark and took the two biggest brands out of the Pac-12. So that's someone that clearly was, uh, you know, had some different visions for what the future of the Big Ten should look like. And, and it was an additive future for the Big Ten. Now the next uh, the next leader that you bring in, maybe they're totally uh, bought into the idea that, no, this is grinding halt. Let's stay right where we're at with 16. There's nothing else out there outside of Notre Dame that's additive, and we're not getting Notre Dame. So I don't know. It could, it could mean that we're kind of done right here right now. Um. Really good point, too, to put a wrap on this from TJC on Twitter, who has become one of my favorite follows. I brought up how shocked I was that he would make this move. But could he be positioning Kevin Warren for the number one job maybe in sports? TJC writes, Kevin Warren has been one of the few names who would take over as the commissioner of the NFL. That's why this move makes sense for him. What did Kevin Warren just do for the Big Ten? Negotiate the richest TV deal in the history of the conference, in right. the history of college sports, whereas a majority of his his work and history in the NFL, what are we, like, waiting for? An heir apparent to Roger Goodell. That's a great point. And I'm kicking myself that I hadn't even thought of it until you brought it up. I, We could be looking at the next Roger Goodell, or maybe even veteran Kevin Warren. He would be, I think, an excellent choice to be the next commissioner of the, of the NFL if and when that comes to fruition. It's a good point. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. It's easy to make that connection just based on his working history prior to being the Big Ten commissioner. All right. Quick break. Your texts are all over the place, as has this show been today. Oh, you women go on the road and win last night. That paired with a Baylor loss has the Sooners in a four-way tie for first place. Big time. We're taking the show to the Lloyd Noble Center tomorrow, where Porter Moser and Jenny Bronchek will also join us on the program. We've spent the last 15 minutes of the show talking about Kevin Warren's move from the Big Ten to the Chicago Bears and what it might mean for the future of conference realignment. And then, of course, speaking of realigning, uh, looks like Zach Selman is on his way to become the next athletic director in Mississippi State. What does that mean for Oklahoma and the future uh, fundraising arms of the university? We'll dive into all of that next right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref. I follow, I follow too many political people on Twitter, Josh. I got to stop. I don't know how this happened to me. Like, all my sports people have become these political people. I'm just like, can we 
can we debate the playoff games this weekend? Can we can we just fight about I don't know whether or not the Bears should draft Bryce Young or keep Justin Fields? Get Twitter back to insane sports take, not insane political takes, please. This might be a me problem too, right? I probably follow too many people, don't I? That's a great campaign for you for 2023. Return Twitter to non-politics, 2023. Please return Twitter to the crazies that love nothing but stupid draft debates. Just sports 2023. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, there it is. There it is. By the way, Brock Purdy will become the lowest drafted rookie quarterback to start a playoff game this weekend. Also in that, the second lowest drafted quarterback as a rookie to start a playoff game will get a start this weekend. Skyler Thompson and Brock Purdy are both getting starts this weekend. I told you that the Big 12 was a quarterback powerhouse the last couple of years, Josh. No one would listen to me. Nobody. What What are the realistic percentage chances that Miami can win that game? Zero. Now, as far as San Francisco is concerned, (laughs) (laughs) but I will say, you know, it's been wild to watch. I'm going to miss somebody, but in the Big 12 last year, in the Big 12 last year, you watched the Heisman Trophy winner in 2022. Hold on, I got to go back, right? In the Big 12 in 2021, you watched the Heisman Trophy winner in 2022. You watched a... Uh, a quarterback that's starting a playoff game for the two seed in a conference. You watched a quarterback who's starting a playoff game in his rookie season for the seventh seed in the AFC. I'm sure I'm like, you're watching a, a quarterback who beat Tennessee, right? What am I leaving out? There's got to be something else I'm leaving out from quarterbacks in 21. Unbelievable. But you know what's funny in watching Brock Purdy? In watching Brock Purdy, Josh, he's not making those like soul-crushing mistakes that you typically see, which had been, to me, um, a little bit – it become part of it – is that proper English? It had become part of his, like, DNA. He had become a dude that's going to make a mistake that just kills his team. And with the Niners – Hasn't happened. I told you, you saw the elite of the elite at the quarterback position in the Big 12 of 2021. Tell me I'm wrong. You're not wrong, Mr. Irrelevant. Here we go. Uh, I will say, though, um, I could have there, – there's some of these people that will try to tell you, man, I saw this coming. I saw this coming. With Brock Purdy. Oh, dude, yeah, people, I cannot... people dumped on Brock Purdy left and right I... when he was at Iowa State. Um, I am not one of those people that felt that at all. All right, you want to hit a couple of these Air Comfort Solutions texts? Why not? 405-651-3439. Um, hold up. Just started listening. Is Joe C. in the conversation as the Big Ten commissioner? Um no, no, no. I, I think we had somebody that brought it up earlier that whenever a vacancy like this pops open, 
right? I think, what do we have, the ACC a couple years mm-hmm. ago, the Pac-12 whenever it, it hired George Klavkoff, the, the Big 12 whenever it happened, when it hired Brett Yormark, right? Some felt like if Oklahoma hadn't made its decision to, to go to the SEC that it would have done everything it could to hire Joe C. And, but, yeah, I, and, I, I, and they I don't might know if still have. They might still right, have. Exactly. Like, I mean, we don't, we don't really know. It would be easy to draw the conclusion that – that wouldn't have been a popular decision based on Oklahoma and Texas's moves, but all of which is to say because of Joe Castiglione's incredible run at Oklahoma, it's not hard to kind of connect the dots and see where he would be a wildly attractive candidate for something like the Big Ten commissioner. And fans say, okay, wait a second. I'm a little scared here. There's this opening. Is Castiglione going to be around at Oklahoma? We're just very, very speculative. There's no report out there. It's uh, just easy to connect those dots that, hey, Castiglione would be as good of a hire as you can make. Um, I will say this. I will say this, Josh Helmer. I expect Joe Castiglione to be the AD at Oklahoma as long as he wants. Um, I think with the way that the power structure is aligned – with Joseph Harris and the relationship that it appears he and Joe C have, I mean, I haven't had a chance to break bread with, with them together yet. But you also add, you know, guys who are just staples in, in Larry Nafee, the impact that, you know, Leah has made here in a short amount of time, seeing what they've done from a strategic perspective. I mean, it the pretty good Pretty good thing going right now with Sooner Athletics, even after an 8-9 season in foot. Wait, did I just make the Sooners an NFL team? Even after, you know, a 6-7 and team in football. But that's not going to stop people from trying. And I would imagine that Joe's, Joe C's agent, or if he just takes care of all, all of this himself, has been a busy man over the last decade. I'll tell you what, it's a big-time job. You're going to hear a lot of big-time names up for that Big Big Ten commissionership. Did I say that without cussing? You did great. It's a good one. Thank you. Here's a good one from the 918. Let's have some fun. Oregon, Washington, Kansas, and Iowa State to the Big Ten. Let's blow it all up. Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't disagree with wanting a summer of conference realignment madness. But I guess in that, Josh, that's the question, right? Is is the Big Ten in Kevin Warren leaving to take the presidentship of the Chicago Bears? Presidency, I guess, would be uh, of the Chicago Bears. Is that where the presidents and the ADs will want to find someone who feels the need to be additive? Or, you know, now with Kevin Warren gone, who had – I mean, in a short amount of time, had quite a roller coaster ride. Do they want to find somebody that's going to come in and just, hey, call in the waters, Notre Dame, not coming, we're staying at 14, welcome in USC and UCLA, that's who we are, that's where we're going to be. Well, I think that's the, that's the great unknown. It is, and that's the million-dollar question. What's next for the Big Ten? What do you need? As the Big Ten commissioner, I mean, the the TV deal is inked, right? And obviously, contracts are made to be rewritten if and when you can 
bring somebody like a Notre Dame in or, you know, you name it, school. But, like, what is the next step for the Big Ten? There's – I don't know, right? I mean, what what are the next one, two, threes on the checklist for the Big Ten Kamesh? Oh. <laughs> because they're in <laughs> a great spot right coveted. now. Right, right. Uh, I'm sure that there are some ad, uh, some administrative things. Maybe ske- – okay, here's one. What is their schedule going to look like, right? How are we going to make this? And from everything I've come to understand, uh, when before USC and UCLA even made this move, even though they were – I use this, this analogy too much, sorry. But ready, shoot, aim, whenever it came to, hey, we want to go to the Big Ten, and then as soon as they're like, we're in the Big Ten, there was a little bit of, oh, yeah, there, there might be a Wednesday night game at Rutgers. You know, those – they, they immediately started working to make that as smooth as they can. So what? Coming up with a schedule that will make everyone happy and also in, include all the main main rivalries sticking around. Yeah, I don't know, dude. It's, it's, it's pretty much a machine that's running itself right now. But I, I'm sure that there will be the fight to get more uh, providers to take the Big Ten Network and add finances on that front. And I don't know, maybe you could even get a – an Amazon or a Netflix to jump on board. I don't know. But for the most part, it seems to be a pretty well-oiled machine right now in the, quote, what you need. That's a good point. Yeah, the the streaming partnerships could expand. All right, um, one more here real quick. One more. If the Big 12 loses more teams to the Big 10 or wherever, the remaining Big 12 schools better give them as much crap as they gave Oklahoma and Texas. They won't, but they should. <laughs> You're breaking up our brand. Boo-hoo, get over it. I, that's my biggest frustration with the Big 12 right now. This is my um, earmuffs, kids. All right, You want to play all Barney Badass, bleep you, we're all about together, and we're all about a winning culture. And But if the Big Ten calls or the SEC calls, you're out the door. There's not even uh, there's not even the, hey, we'd like to extend you. Yes. So that's what's always been kind of frustrating to me about this. Uh, listen, I understand the timing, and I, I understand the way that it went down. Some can be mad. But that dude is 100% right. Yes. Listen, hey. Uh, so-and-so, Eric Shanks, new uh, CEO of the Big Ten. Yes, yes. I mean, there's not, there's not even a thought about it, Josh. And that's why whenever they preach it, the togetherness and everything, I'm like, stop. Just stop. You all know, as, as one great comedian once said, you're only as loyal as your options. And that's what the Big 12 is, unfortunately, right now. If you're just honest about it, I think it's fine. All right, quick break. We got we to get caught up. Oh, I, I'm, I apologize. I apologize. That lady that sent in that text message. I forget, Josh, our massive following in the female community of sports fans and beyond. It's like – but then again, I'm very guilty. I have, uh, I have two – in addition to my two daughters, I have two other uh, girls. I have my, my dog, Honey, and my cat, 
Lucy, and I refer to them as dude all the time, too, so <laughs> I apologize. All right, quick break. When we come back, uh, get you ready for Joey Helmer, OUinsider.com. Top five stories today. We're live at Cavens. Mold testing, water extraction, structural drying. They have you covered. Call them today, 405-573-3048. It's the Plank Show. Uh, a couple of quick text messages. John Arnold writes, with the new rules regarding transfer portal, will this be the end of this transfer craziness? No. Um, I, I, I don't think so. And if you are wondering the latest rule proposal is you'll have the one-time transfer policy, but it'll be much more challenging for a second transfer. Now, I think that will end in some fun radio fights, Josh Helmer, (laughs) because there'll be people that, well, they cleared his and didn't clear his, but allegedly they're going to make this a little bit more challenging. Uh, our man Drew England writes, Zach Selman is a home run hire for any school in the country. What he has done at his time at OU has been awesome. If Mississippi State lands Selman, that's big. Selfishly, it would suck to lose him, but he absolutely deserves him. Wish him nothing but the best in whatever happens. Now, ESPN had a report on their on their football ticker that had Mississippi State hiring another name. So I don't know if you want to read into that, but as it stands right now, it looks as if from everyone at Mississippi State, it looks as if Zach Selman is their top target. And uh, we'll see how it plays out. But Drew, Drew's right. I mean, Coach England, you're 100% right. If, if Zach Selman wants to go somewhere else, to call the shots and be the AD, he's earned it. And by God, he's going to be good at it. Uh, All right, let's get out of here. We got Joey Helmer coming up next. We'll talk to him about what's what's going on with OU basketball. In the meantime, 405-651-3439. We're a bit behind on the text line. We'll catch up from Cavens Construction next right here on The Ref.